1974 on a Sunday morning in Charlotte, North Carolina. You've just woken up, poured yourself a big bowl of Pink Panther flakes, settled into your favorite chair, and turned on the TV. The PTL Television Network presents Jim Baker. Praise the Lord. The Praise the Lord Club, or the PTL Club, has just started. The camera pans across a full orchestra and choir. A studio audience claps vigorously as a well-dressed and good-looking couple walk down to the stage. Hello, everyone! Hello, Tammy! Oh, what a beautiful morning! <laughs> yes, hallelujah. A beautiful day today, right? It's Tammy Faye and Jim Baker, traveling Pentecostal evangelist healers. They used to host a local TV show featuring puppets, but now they have a new gig, an hour-long talk show modeled after The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Jimmy is dressed in a light brown blazer and tie. Tammy had what became her signature look of big blonde hair, heavy mascara, and bright makeup. They greet everyone with warm charisma and big smiles. What you saw was what you got with Tammy Faye. She would be exactly what you saw on TV. Fun, engaging, sparkly. That's Mark Becker. He's a retired journalist, but was a reporter for the local TV station, WSOC, for 40 years. Jim Baker is one of the few people who I don't think the camera translated. He would be very reserved, almost withdrawn, until the camera came on, then he'd walk out and he switched it on. Evangelical religious programming had been around for a while. By the time the Bakers launched their show, there were over 100 religious television stations in the U.S. It was clear that TV was a great way to spread the gospel and attract people to the faith. And there were plenty of early successes like The 700 Club, a show that Jim briefly co-hosted. But the PTL Club was intent on doing things bigger and better. The PTL Club had popular Christian music acts. Guest ministers would preach and talk politics. And then there were the celebrity guests, like Colonel Sanders, Ronald Reagan, and the former Black Panther, Eldridge Cleaver. Yeah, that's confusing. I saw the images that everybody else saw, you know, this very produced show with the glitz and the glamour and the big hair and the cheesy music and the fancy guests and the adoring studio audience. Jim and Tammy brought the full-on band and singers and, and they took the camera outside. They really brought television into the evangelism realm, the modern television at the time. They really did revolutionize the broadcasting business for evangelism and televangelists specifically. They made it fun. They made it exciting. They made it entertaining. By 1978, Jim and Tammy had gone national, spending a million dollars to set up their own satellite network called PTL, the Inspirational Network. They opened a recording studio in an old furniture store and started broadcasting religious content 24-7. It was more of a prosperity type of teaching. That's Beth Arcelacy, a former employee of the station. You do this, you give this, God is going to give back to you a hundredfold. And people really believed that and bought into that. 
Tammy and Jim Baker told audiences that God wanted them to prosper, that if they just believed in the Lord, he would grant them the success they craved. Their teachings really resonated with the greed is good mentality of the 1980s. They would say something like this on the broadcast from time to time. Don't ask God for a car. Ask God for the kind of car you want. You want a Mercedes? Ask God for a Mercedes and you'll be blessed with a Mercedes. Which isn't too surprising given the economic boom the country was undergoing. Practicing what they preached, the Bakers quickly bought 2,300 acres of land a little bit outside of Charlotte and opened a Christian resort called Heritage USA. It had a luxury hotel, a huge television studio, and a water park. Jim had always loved Disneyland, and this was his chance to have his own. But a more wholesome version of it. And people loved it. When I got to Charlotte in 1984, the big names, the big celebrities were a few NASCAR drivers, a few pro wrestlers, and Jim and Tammy. There were people who knew of Jim and Tammy, and many of them made the pilgrimage here to stay at the Heritage USA or stay nearby and attend the show and just be close to what was essentially Christian celebrity. The couple used their television clout to fundraise for the resort and pulled in millions of dollars in donations every year. Followers prayed to God to bless them with wealth. Jim was very convincing in his preaching and in his ministry. And I think a lot of folks got sucked into that. And, you know, I say drink the Kool-Aid. But by 1986, everything the Bakers had built was about to fall apart. It was the biggest scandal going, and in some ways the perfect scandal. You had sex, you had money, you had religion. It was all there. I'm Alzo Slade, and this is Cheat, the podcast where we ask, is it ever okay to break the rules? In this week's episode, The Broken Promise of a Christian Disneyland. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the early 1980s, Beth had just moved back to her hometown of Charlotte after graduating from college with a degree in communication. She was hoping to land a job in television. Someone had mentioned to me, um, have you ever heard of PTL? I said, nope, never heard of it, even though I was you know, born and raised in Charlotte. Even though Beth had never heard of the PTL club, it had already taken over the town of Fort Mill, South Carolina. I watched a little on TV, see what I was getting into. And then, you know, some of my friends started sharing some information. Beth felt like she had enough to go on. And really, it was the biggest opportunity around. So I went out there to interview and I got the job. Beth started out as a production assistant and was quickly on her way to directing shows. She was impressed by how Jim and Tammy approached making television. They were open to trying new things. It was just the top of the line equipment and the things that you could do on your own. They kind of gave you carte blanche to, to create. The network 
had a lot of programming. There was the mainstay talk show, Jim Baker Show, and the real world of Tammy Faye, where Tammy completely upended people's expectations of a preacher's wife. She wasn't quiet or obedient. She talked about sex, flirted, and covered difficult topics like HIV. The network also aired music concerts and international programming. The shows aired in over 40 countries. As the network grew in popularity, the Bakers doubled down on telefunding efforts. Jim would always have a lot of special guests in to help him raise money. They would have us come in to sing, make it really good and entertaining. Here we got a phone bank, a prayer line. You can call if you need prayer. You can call if you want to donate. And they'd have, you know, shots of the people on the phones. And this wasn't just a one-off thing. Often they were fundraising for Heritage USA, the resort and theme park. It had an amphitheater, a luxury hotel, and their 1,200-seat barn that acted as a recording studio. It was unlike anything anyone in the Christian community had ever seen before. So when people found out that I worked at PTL, they were always very inquisitive. What's it like? What do you do? Have you met Jim and Tammy? On their programs, they were constantly soliciting donations to help cover construction costs. Then they had another great offer for PTL members. For the low, low price of $1,000, people could buy a lifetime partnership with Heritage USA that would entitle them to stay three nights a year at the hotel for the rest of their lives. If you gave $1,000 or more, you got three nights a year for the rest of your life. That's essentially a lifetime partnership in the hotel. Thousands upon thousands of people signed up. Even more were eager to spend the day at the resort. Jim often liked to claim that Heritage USA was the third largest theme park in the world, second only to Disneyland and Disney World. And millions of people wanted to see it. Jim had been to like a Disney World and really liked the idea of creating something like that, but, you know, in a a Christian community. So a lot of, if you look at a lot of the buildings, they kind of have that feel of a Disney World or Disneyland. They had a big wave pool. They had a train that went around the lake for the kids. They had a huge water slide. It had a nice little sandy area where people could lay out in the sun. And it was just a place to gather with family. After Heritage USA opened up, Tammy and Jim's lifestyle started to change. Tammy was always talking about shopping therapy and her big Kmart shopping sprees. But now, she was walking around in fur coats and expensive jewelry. She had a huge house in Charlotte, a Florida beach condo, and two vacation homes. There were rumors that Jim had chartered a private Gulfstream jet for $100,000 just to avoid flying commercial. The press was starting to notice. Where was all this money coming from? And more importantly, where was it going? And things like a houseboat and fancy cars and mink coats and even, I believe, an airplane at one point. The Charlotte Observer had assigned one reporter and probably several editors just to look into Jim and Tammy and the PTL ministry because it just didn't feel right. But for folks on the inside like Beth, it was hard to doubt the baker's intentions. 
Jim has a charismatic personality and people just flock to him. Whether that's good or bad, they just seem to trust and believe what he has to say. Jim was a man who always seemed ready to move on to something bigger and better. And with that megawatt charm of his, he was about to convince people of his grandest idea yet. In fact, he always had something planned. And whatever else you say about Jim Baker, he was a visionary. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. At a government office building near the border of South and North Carolina, Mark sat in a conference room with a bunch of bureaucrats. I imagine there was a big wooden table there, and at its head sat Jim Baker. I attended a meeting where he presented, along with others from the ministry, a plan to the local county commissioners where he wanted to build a Christian theme park. I can see... Jim quieting the room as his assistant set up a projector and turned down the lights. And suddenly, everyone's eyes were on Jim as sketches of a huge tower flashed across the screen. Then Jim clicks a button and the next slide appears. This slide showed a giant roller coaster. Very literally, he talked about a roller coaster that would go along the way, picture Space Mountain, and you'd have prophets along the way who would jump out and preach at you, and then, you know, you'd get a little bit of fire and brimstone as you went down the, the big fall and found out what was on the other side if you didn't accept the gospel. The commissioners were intrigued, and I gotta say, so am I. He said, look, just make sure that hell part is on the North Carolina side of the line and not South Carolina. <laughs> as for the huge tower, well, that building would hold 30 floors of timeshares, a new opportunity for PTL members to buy into Heritage USA. But that's not all Jim had been cooking up in the last few months. They were already working on a 500-room hotel edition that would open in the spring. And Jim had just broken ground on a $100 million replica of the Crystal Palace in London, which was a huge glass and steel exhibition center. Only Jim's would be the world's largest church, it would hold 30,000 people with a 5,000-seat TV studio. The hotel itself was three or four stories tall, and it wasn't until years later I went to 
Opryland in Nashville, Tennessee, and I could kind of see where he came up with the idea, the blueprint, because it's very much like that. It's like an indoor mall, and the ceiling would have clouds that would go across it, and, you know, fancy stores and coffee shops, and it was all very nice. He also envisioned a championship golf course, and the county commissioners were ready to sign off on it all. The crescendo really was in about 1986 when the tower was under construction. But almost immediately, there were problems. The PTL was passed due on over $5 million in broadcasting fees. To make up the cost, the ministry laid off scores of workers. There were pay freezes, and they cut the staff's health benefits. The PTL had also pulled out of a few land purchases. And then there were the lifetime partnerships those $1,000 donations that bought you a few nights a year at the hotels. Well... We had heard some rumblings that, um, well, they were already sold out, but he continued to sell. But everyone's like, yeah, that's not a good thing. Then people won't be able to come in, and everybody will get frustrated, and that kind of thing. Followers sent over $158 million to become Lifetime members. That means... 158,000 people were planning to stay in about 500 rooms. But Mark says that even then, it didn't really damage people's perception of the ministry. Look, if I can't stay there every night, every year for three nights, that's okay because we trust Jim and Tammy and the ministry and what they're doing. There were a lot of good people who came and absolutely wanted to be part of it and would probably do it again if given the opportunity. At its height, the park drew 6.1 million people. Around the same time, the ministry also took in $125 million in revenue, almost all in contributions from viewers. And then, in 1987, the lead investigative reporter at the Charlotte Observer, Charles Shepard, received a phone call. A woman told him that something had happened between her and Jim Baker years ago. The woman... Jessica Hahn said that while she was working as one of the church's secretaries in 1980, she had been flown to Clearwater, Florida to watch a telethon taping. Back at the hotel, Jim showed up at her room wearing a bathing suit and asked Jessica for a back rub. Jessica said that she was sexually assaulted by Jim and another pastor, John Wesley Fletcher, that day. Eventually, the whole story came out. A few days after the encounter, Jim called her at home and asked her to promise that she wouldn't talk about what happened. His team offered her $265,000 to ensure her silence. There's no other way to put it. It was a bombshell. The story completely shocked the evangelical community. Jim accused Jessica of seducing him, and people continued to scrutinize her story. Jessica even went on the Geraldo Rivera show alongside her attacker, John Wesley Fletcher. The men's denials and accusations seemed to placate their followers. But it was the bribe that really pissed people off. The problem from the fiscal side of things wasn't necessarily that, you know, he, he, he cheated on his wife and had a one-night stand. The problem was this was ministry money to the tune, I believe, of about $200,000 being paid to a woman essentially as hush money. And that's where the problem was. You're raising this money to do what, and you're actually using it for that? 
Pretty quickly, other accusations came out in the press that Baker had an affair with a male preacher, attempted to coerce aides to provide physical favors, and asked colleagues to help him arrange sexual encounters with young men. There were many other rumors that circulated. Once the news about bribing Jessica Hahn came out, people started to question other parts of Baker's finances. Jim started looking to his community of celebrity preachers to help figure out what to do next. When things were going down about Jim and his relationship with Jessica Hahn and other indiscretions financially with Heritage USA, uh, when that was coming to light, Jim had called in his friend Jerry Falwell. He was the minister at uh, Virginia Beach and had a school down there. I think Jim looked up to him and trusted him. And that's why he went to him for help. As things heated up, Jim reached out to his friend in Christ, Jerry Falwell, a popular televangelist. And if Falwell doesn't mean anything to you, he's the one who came up with the name and political organization, The Moral Majority. And he has his own Baptist university. Falwell is less flashy than Baker, but the two men were longtime friends and rivals. But he trusted Jerry and confided in him and said, basically, can you look over the ministry while we get through this tough time? But that's not what happens. Find out more after the break. I can always remember in March of 1987 being in the newsroom and we start getting phone calls from people saying, hey, we hear Jerry Falwell has taken over PTL. We've heard Jerry Falwell is buying PTL from Jim Baker. We heard various explanations, but it was about three or four in the afternoon. And by five o'clock news time, we had confirmed that in fact, Jim and Tammy had left were in some place unknown at the time, and that Jerry Falwell and his ministry up in Lynchburg, Virginia, were taking over, on a temporary basis at least, the operation of Heritage USA, and more importantly, the PTL broadcast. And that was, like, unbelievable. Jerry Falwell hadn't just offered Jim advice. It was announced that Falwell would take over the entire $172 million operation while things got sorted out. Quickly, Falwell appointed an entirely new board to the ministry, stacked with Baptists like him. The ministry then defrocked Jim and his second-in-command. Rumors started circulating that Falwell had misled Jim and Tammy about what he planned to do with the ministry, something the Baptist preacher denied. I really believe that Jim thought Jerry Falwell would come and hold his coffee for a while, and then Jim would come back and take it back. So once Jerry Falwell came in, the morale just declined. The staff became disillusioned. It was not then a fun place to work. Beth says as Jerry Falwell took over, at first it seemed like it might be temporary, but pretty quickly the tone shifted. Jerry thought it'd be best for the Bakers to leave the ministry, and he wanted to know what they'd need to make that happen. Jerry said he wanted, I need a list of the things that you want, you know, see if we can do that for you. 
The bakers made an extensive list. And Jim and Tammy were like, this is just a starting place. Ask for the world. Here's what we'd like. And then Jerry Falwell turns it and says, This is her letterhead card from the desk of Tammy Baker. On the back, Rose said, Jerry, Jim, and Tammy gave me this list of things they'd like to receive. Jerry called a news conference, and in a room packed with staff and journalists, he read the list of requests from the bakers. And it was clear that they were looking to be blessed. Big time. Hospitalization insurance. Jim's salary for a lifetime at $300,000. Tammy's salary for a lifetime, $100,000 annually. Rights to books and records. Stock that is left, books and records. Secretary for one year, phone bill for one year, house on the lake and the furniture in it. Two cars. I don't see any repentance there. I really don't. I don't see any concern for the welfare of this ministry in that kind of request. I see the greed. I see the self-centeredness. I see the avarice that brought them down. To Beth, it felt like a power play. And that was stunning to me how... He could just, you know, I don't know the legalities of all that, but once they got rid of Jim's board and brought on Jerry's board. Later that day, Jim and Tammy went on Nightline. As Ted Koppel laid out the charges, the couple seemed unable to address the accusations. I don't know if you ever have a positive balance in the ministry, Jim. I've never known of us to have a positive balance. We're always playing catch-up. I do not recognize these figures. They're not correct. There's so many incorrect figures being given out. It was the most watched Nightline ever at the time. This is that train wreck reality show we can't take our eyes off of. And nobody did at the time. It was, it was pretty huge. Less than a month later, Jerry Falwell announced that the U.S. Justice Department, the IRS, and the Postal Service were all launching a criminal investigation into the Baker's handling of the ministry. Falwell hired an outside auditor to do their own audit as well. The end result was shocking. PTO auditors found that the ministry owed 1,400 creditors over $60 million. The PTO network and Heritage USA ran on donations from members, and an incredible amount of that money seemed to have disappeared or never wound up with its intended project. In the previous few years, the PTO club had raised over $100 million by selling timeshare partnerships on their shows. They told viewers that the real estate was a smart investment, but only a fraction of that money went into constructing the timeshares. As a matter of fact, it came out that around 9,700 of these timeshare partners had not bought a stay in a luxury hotel, but the right to stay in a single bunkhouse with 48 beds to a room. Sounds like a holy hostel to me. And it wasn't just misappropriating the funds. It seemed like Tammy and Jim were inflating their own salaries and bonuses. Auditors found that the couple had paid themselves millions of dollars, including multiple bonuses that the board did not remember approving. In the first three months of 1987, just before resigning, the Bakers pocketed over a half a million dollars. IRS, of course, had to do, the, the feds had to do their own investigation. And, and what they found was, it was hiding in plain sight. The IRS technically stripped the ministry of its tax-exempt status a couple years prior, but never enforced the change. Now, though, a federal court was ready to get involved. In August, 
a 23-member grand jury began investigating the PTL. It took 16 months, but Jim Baker was indicted on eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy for overselling lifetime partnerships to Heritage USA and misappropriating the funds. When federal marshals arrived at his lawyer's office, Baker crawled under the couch to hide. Yeah, that's not going to work. And throughout all of this, both Heritage USA and PTL Club were struggling. Jerry Falwell was a good and devout and uh, very convincing Christian, but he wasn't Jim and Tammy. And that cult of personality that surrounded Jim and Tammy was gone. As part of the bankruptcy proceedings, the judge presented a reorganization plan that would allow for the Bakers to return to PTL. Falwell, his board, and the co-host of the PTL club all resigned in protest. Things just started kind of closing down, I guess. People weren't coming out to the theme park, weren't a good attendance on the live shows that they would do. It just, it kind of became a ghost town. The court sold off the properties in order to pay creditors. And by the end of 1988, the PTL network had gone off air. After a five-week trial, the judge found Jim guilty on all 24 counts. He was sentenced to 45 years in federal prison in order to pay a $500,000 fine. The sentence was reduced to eight years on appeal. Tammy Faye, she faced no charges. But even as Jim headed to jail, his followers stood by him. You don't have people who are really angry at Jim and Tammy. Not many. They trusted Jim Baker, and it's very hard to turn back and say, you know, I was wrong. Jim was wrong, and I was wrong. Jim wrote a book called I Was Wrong after he got out of prison. And if you read the book, it was really I was wrong, but. And most of it's the but. An explanation or excuse or rationalization. In the end, you either admit you're wrong or you don't. And I think many people sort of still don't want to admit that Jim was wrong. In 1992, Tammy Faye filed for divorce and soon after married a contractor she'd gotten to know while he was working on Heritage USA. Her new husband also eventually faced criminal charges for his involvement with the resort. Jim served five years of his sentence, married his second wife, a youth minister, and moved to Branson, Missouri. A few years later, he restarted the PTL network with his signature show. The new Jim Baker show does have something in common with his predecessor. There's plenty of donation requests. But Jim isn't preaching the prosperity gospel anymore. Instead, his teachings focus around prepping for the apocalypse. So it's now the Jim Baker show with the prophetic end of times news. He's even built a new Christian community, Morningside USA. This time is nestled deep in the Ozark Mountains. There's cabin and condo rentals, a state-of-the-art television studio where people can come and learn from preachers and prophets. Oh, it's just so hard to trust a lot of the televangelists now. They say one thing and do another, and that's frustrating. I think it's human nature for people to seek out community. And if you grow up in a place like the Bible Belt, then church is probably one of the places where community exists in a very strong way. But someone has an idea. 
what if we create a Disney World for Christians? That way, like-minded individuals like me, my family, my friends that go to church, we have a safe place to go. Not to mention, this place was founded by someone that I trust, by someone who has the trust of millions of other Christians. I, I want to support that. I want to contribute to that. I want to make this thing happen. And by contributing to it, I'm also getting blessed financially because I see and hear what this pastor is telling me, and I believe it. Hey folks, thanks for listening. Just a reminder to follow Cheat wherever you get it. And please do leave a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. It helps other people discover the show. And of course, we want more listeners. Also, if you want to listen to the show without the ads, you can subscribe to Cheat Plus. It's like Cheat, but better. It's just $2.99 a month, or if you're in the UK, £2.49. And you get all of this without having to listen to those annoying commercials. Just go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe instead of follow. You can try it for free now. Next time on Cheat. Lying on the internet is one thing. And it, it just felt like I'd done so much work creating this kind of perfect restaurant in people's minds through lying online, basically. And it was like, could you transform that and make it a reality? How would people react to that? Cheat is presented by me, Alzo Slade. This episode was produced by Kyra Asabe Bansu. The executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. The series editor is Megan Dietrich. The original idea for the show was developed by Tom Fuller. Mixing and scoring by Martin Peralta at Output Media. Kyra Asabe Bansu is our associate producer. Special thanks to the Sony legal team. Our production coordinators are Jennifer Mystery and Iker Egbatola. <laughs>